Welcome to Improv Interviews with Margot Escott, a psychotherapist in Naples, Florida, who is using her 35 years of experience to develop improvisation programs benefiting and improving the lives of those with emotional and physical challenges. Improv Interviews brings together the world's leading improvisational theatre masters, founders and innovators who are using improvisation therapeutically in unique and surprising ways. With great guests that include legends like Ed Asner and Aretha Sills, you're sure to learn something new about improvisation. This is Improv Interviews with your host, Margot Escott. Well, hello, Monica Azdarska. <laughs> hello, Margot. How are you doing? I'm great. And welcome to Improv Interviews. I'm so happy we were able to find time to play together and talk about your incredible life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and for listeners who know, maybe know you, you're in Poland. And yes. um, what's, are you in a city? What, where, are you, where are you at in Poland? I am in the capital of Poland in Warsaw. Okay. A beautiful city. Oh, yes. It's a big, uh, one of the couple of big cities in Poland. Uh, I live in the very, very center of town. Uh, and, and I love my city. It has a very difficult history, but it's beautiful. Yes. And it's really in my heart. <laughs> That's wonderful. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up, what your family was like. I, as a therapist, I always like to get a little backstory about who you are and, you know, what your family was like. And Well, so we have to once talk, uh, you know, like privately because the story is amazing. But I, you probably will not believe it, but I'm the person who lives in the same flat and room all my life. <laughs> I was born in Warsaw. I was uh, I was born just a couple of meters from my house in the hospital, which is like next street. And since my parents uh, brought me home, I'm living in the same flat. So uh, that's pretty crazy, but that's the truth. <laughs> that's incredible. And I've seen pictures of you redecorating, remodeling your flat. That was just beautiful. So Thank were your parents interested in theater or music or what were your parents like? Well, so um, my mom uh, used to be um, artistic soul. She she used to draw and paint. She had really great talent. Uh, but unfortunately, this year will be 40 years since she uh, passed away. So I was growing up with my father. And my father, on the other uh, hand, he was a guy who was really structured, very... Um, well, like, you know, he, he was uh, he was cooking, cleaning, and he was uh, repairing things, which made me to be very independent in a way like, you know, I can drill, I can hammer something, I can repair things. So um, so supervising my renovation of my flat was, was kind of, okay, I know a bit of that. So uh, uh, I felt when I supervised the guys who renovated it, they, we have, um, yeah, in common uh, things and they knew that uh, they will not hide some, you know, <laughs> details. <laughs> <laughs> so were you an only child or did you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I'm the only child. Yes. Oh, well, so, um, yeah, I lost my mother about 40 years ago as well. And. Yeah. Um, you were so young when your mother passed. So, wow. Um, so were you interested, what were you interested in when you were a little girl? When, were you interested in plays or theater or films or what were you interested in? 
Well, that's a weird thing because when I was little, probably like every child, I was, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, doing stuff outside playing with kids. But, uh, well, now you remind me one thing that, you know, I wasn't so much in theater, but I remember that once my parents got me, they gave me like a, like a box with like a, a puppet theater. So I remember doing with with friends of mine a show for parents, which was like a little bit, a little bit uh, reading the script, which was there. But we, of course, were a little bit improvising with that. But uh, but we did it like once, maybe twice. Uh-huh. So I still have that box. But theater was never my focus, uh, especially when I was a kid. But I liked sports. I always liked, you know, uh, being on the bicycle, playing a ball. I was like, uh, like this uh, girl, which is always with boys playing football right. and, you know, climbing trees and, and, and my mom, because she was really um, artistically talented, she used to play and paint with me and my neighbors. So kids were coming and we were having like papers and doing stuff. And, and uh, so that was that was my childhood, you know. It was wonderful. So you went into high school, and what were you studying when you went into high school? Well, my way was pretty long, uh, and I studied a lot of things. But uh, basically, when I got the uh, mature exam, I uh, so I, I finished high school. I went for uh, two years of uh, graphic school. That was influence of my mom. Yes, yes. <laughs> And that was just two years, but it was like uh, we we learned the painting a little bit of well, you know, it, you know, it was nineties, so we learned a little bit of like uh, advertising, packing things, you know, stuff like that, um, doing logos and and some artistic things, and the school was so cool that probably at least five or seven of us we decided to stay another two years in another subject which was a makeup uh for tv and theater uh-huh. so was really cool because you know we had to change our faces every day we, we were making wigs and mustache and uh, like lots of weird things and changing dresses taking photos and making different characters that was really really fun and cool Oh, that's amazing so um are you still an artist do you still produce artwork well, uh, I do paint uh, watercolors from time to time, which is not like my biggest um, hobby at the moment because improv became the hobby. Yes. Uh, but still, after that, I finished, uh, I graduated in Warsaw University and I studied archaeology, Middle Eastern archaeology. So wow. to a couple of excavations, two seasons in Poland, in Gdańsk, which was a middle uh, middle-aged um, excavation uh, and period. And then um, in the second half of my studies, I went to um, Syria with my professor. So I used to uh, study middle age, um, 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 archaeology, archaeology of Middle Eastern. Yes. Yeah. So that was really, really big adventure. I bet it was amazing. Beautiful art and artifacts and wonderful. Yeah. So where did you go from there? I'm, I'm trying to fill in before you discovered improv. What were you doing? A little bit of that. that was, yeah. So that was pretty close already because, um, well, 
when I started the graphic design school, I also uh, got employed by father of my friend into uh, the graphic design company. And that's how I learned my job, which became my job for 30 years. So um, for how I, many for how many years? Almost 30. Wow. So I'm not doing this anymore much, but that was my job since 1994. And um, and because of that, I could study. So I choose the, the subject I choose for studying was just my interest. It wasn't for, uh, you know, having a better job or education co right. combined with my job, because uh, I already knew that my job will be graphic design. Uh, and I will not, um, I didn't want to go to art school because it was, first of all, uh, a little bit too late. Uh, it was very demanding to to make studies and working at the same time, and especially artistic studies are like double um, demanding because you need to, you know, accept that you go to uh, your school, you still need to do a lot of things uh, at home, like painting, making, you know, a lot of art, and and I knew that will be too hard for me to do that. So uh, I I just choose studies which. Uh, were su supposed to bring fun. And that's how it happened to study archaeology. But but it was parallel five years with uh, with with work. So daily work, daily studies. So I was like between and work and studies like five times a day moving through town and doing all this, you know, just to, to be able to finish that. <laughs> so tell me about your very first improv class and what motivated you to take an improv class? So I think there were like a couple of things, but one was for sure this like memory from my primary school where my class produced a show for the class which was ending the school and they were rehearsing and like on the normal lessons. It was not like a theater um, uh, a subject or something, but we were just sitting in a class and 10 people out of the class were just uh, rehearsing. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I would like to do that one day, like do something like this. But it never stuck to me like doing this, like that this was a dream, oh, I wanna be an actress or something. And then during my life, I lost my confidence. And when I was at my studies, I found out that I have a stress and uh, I'm struggling with public speaking, uh, you know, presenting stuff and so on. So um, after years, uh, when I had a little bit of more uh, free time, I decided, oh, maybe I will look for some courses. And I couldn't find anything which really um, took my attention, mostly because these were courses for young people who wanted to be uh, in the acting school. They had, you know, their big aims. And for me, it was just doing that for fun, doing this for, you know, just development, self-development. And because of that, uh, you know, I didn't find anything for a long time. And then just... One time I just saw in the pub poster with uh, announcement, there is an improv show and we also teach some classes. So I went to that show and next week I signed up to the class. And uh, uh, and since then. <laughs> right. um, well, tell me about your first class, going into your first class, because if you had a little fear of public speaking, what was that like? Because a lot of people have taken a big risk to take their first improv class. Yeah, I think it was such a big impulse that I didn't really think of that. Uh, that was the one thing. The other thing was the, uh, of course, I felt um, 
well, excited and I didn't know what to expect. The class was, uh, it was a dropping class on Saturday. So it was pretty, pretty full, like, you know, 20 people were coming. There was a lot of games. So mostly we were just playing uh, games which were not difficult and not like, okay, we are on the stage, right? But the, at the very, very end of it, there was a part where people just like were on the stage and playing short scenes or duo scenes. And I was like, geez, do I have to go there? Oh my God, what's happening? And I remember like entering that stage and like wave of the sweat, like on my back, you know, and like really <laughs> like scared inside, but also excitement. Um, so once I did that, I felt like, oh, that, that, this is why I'm here. I want to get rid of that. And uh, and I want to work on this. Let's see what happens. And, and that's how it started. Wow. And um, did you stay with that school for a while? Where, where Did you stay? Yeah. How long did you stay? And did you take other classes there? Um, yeah, so at that time, we didn't have too many places to learn. Actually, in Warsaw, uh, there was, um, this was a, a, a teacher we had from the, uh, like, uh, improv company um, called Klancik. This is an improv group, which uh, which was one of the first groups in Poland. Uh, there's still discussion who was first, when, and what, but, but like, there's, like, literally months between. So uh, they um, they were performing already. They, they were... Uh, in the uh, academy of um, like acting uh, academy, and uh, most of them were studying like history of theater or something, and and uh, I started with them for um, in the dropping classes, and then it became regular like you know every Saturday we met, and after one year, they went to Chicago for summer intensive uh, to Io, they brought Harold and they start, the, started to teach um, Harold, which which took another year. So I started with him two years. And uh, the group formed uh, from workshop people was the group which became our like alma mater um, group. Uh -huh. uh, first with 16 people, then we broke and then there was like nine and uh, then we end up with seven people. Um, and I performed with that group for almost 10 years. So it was pretty long adventure with the same people. And many of those people who were with us now studying, uh, now they still uh, teaching, they they work in the in the improv companies, they, they perform. Um, so that was my, the, the first, the first uh, long experience for almost like two years, maybe two and a half, until at some point I started to meet uh, international teachers. <laughs> and who were the first international teachers you met? Do you remember? Oh my! Huh, that's a good good question. I guess. Well, hard to say. It could be. Either Alex Fradera or someone from like pretty close here, you know, like from Europe. Um, then at some point, um, Lindsay Haley from from states came. She was like 
just a weekend here, maybe a week. We had a weekend workshop with her. So, so that was the like first really big impulse on how uh, how to approach that, how different it can be, you know, how um, how faster we can learn having you know like different teachers from different corners yeah. of the world. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of British teachers, of course, that come around. I don't know if you stay with any of them, but at some point you decided to go to the States, right? When, when did... well, well, that was very late. That was the last year because... Uh, oh. Yeah, the, yeah, it was the last year because I, I met Noah Levin, who came to Poland uh, when I was doing improv, like three, four years maybe or something like that. And he was teaching a workshop and then he said, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a big festival in uh, in Barcelona. You yes. maybe, maybe you would would like to come. And then I said to my group, hey, guys, how about going there and having like a group adventure that we go somewhere together? Maybe we can grab some workshops, which will be the same or different. We we might exchange and uh uh, many of us, of us, I think, like five people came to Barcelona, and and I think that was the biggest impact I had at that time because first of all, I could see, um, well, at least I think sixteen shows, and each of that shows were uh, really great. It was a big variety of different shows. There was short form, long form. A silent uh, show, um, narrative, musical. I remember this festival, even with Jay Suko, we remember that festival like one of the best ever because the teams were so great, so uh, uh, different from each other, so um, inspiring that I came with my mind, you know, with my head so full of like uh, ideas, inspirations, energy you know like everything and full of workshops and experience and new friendship I was like it was like magic so that was the moment I really started to look outside of my little yes now when was that festival was that after the pan during the pandemic or when was it no that was 2000 I think 2015 in Barcelona oh okay 2015 and I think that was the one that Katie Shute did a musical improv in that one um yeah. yes I've seen clips from that festival how awesome that you got to be there now yeah. was that when you met Jeff or did you meet him later no no Jeff I met just during pandemic <laughs> okay well let's like, go back yeah. to your your mind was blown now did you start to decide to do improv uh, as your work as a profession not at the time you know I did this this festival made me think first first time in my life I was like oh my this really it's really amazing art for which I couldn't see before like it was fun to do it was was challenging but what I've what I but what I've seen there was um well, it was really magical, you know, it was really impactful. So I said like, oh, I'm going to do this better, you know, I'm going to challenge myself to learn as much as I can. And since then I started to travel to different festivals, retreats. I met also Katie and uh, uh, many other people in England and other places in Europe. And um, so 
that was the inspirational thing. But um, coming to Jeff, I met him on uh, in pandemic because of Story Chain, which was the uh, jovial uh, event during pandemic where all the improvisers who wanted and knew about it could meet and hang out online and tell the stories. And it was the period of time when I started to do my own podcast. So uh, I asked Jeff to be my guest and that's how uh, our friendship started. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Now tell me about your podcast. What uh, motivated you to start a podcast? Well, I think the biggest impact again was uh, was me talking to Dave Razovsky a couple of times about like improv and doing uh, things. I attended his workshops like one or two years before pandemic. And and then he told me like, you know, you should start to, you, you ask good questions, you should start to record that. And so I was sitting with that for a couple of months. And then I said, well, if he told me that, maybe he could be my first guest. <laughs> so I asked him, you know, being shaken, like, oh, maybe he will agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then I started to, to do it. So that was the impulse I had in pandemic. And also to, you know, to feel the... Uh, the, the the empty time we had, um, you know, to to grow and to learn from others and to learn from people I could talk to. Absolutely. When I started my podcast, which was about eight or nine years ago now, uh, Patty Smith, um, Pat, not Patty Smith. Um, oh gosh, Patty Styles. Oh, okay. Patty Styles, maybe. Nope, not Patty Styles. Musical improv. Um, she's in Sweden now. Oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. Stacy Smith. Okay, Stacy Smith was here in Naples, and so I had started thinking about that idea. And she was here, and I set up a little microphone. She was giving a workshop here in Naples, Florida, and we started chatting, and it took off kind of. And um, for me, because studying here in Naples, Florida, there wasn't any other improv classes. There was one fellow that was teaching. And then I started teaching fairly soon because anyway, this is about you, not me. But anyway, um, I started teaching fairly soon, but there weren't other people to study from. So I was going on Skype and studying from people like Gary Schwartz and others on Skype and uh, taking individual classes so I could learn more about improv so that my podcast was really about learning more about improv and how to do improv. And then, of course, I got very interested in the literature. Did you start reading a lot of the books as well? Yeah, yeah. Reading a book uh, is interesting uh, experience because I read some books a couple of times and I can see how I didn't understand and now I understand much more, you know, and this is, this is great. But yes, I did, but not from the very, very beginning, but, but at some point I started to do it, yeah. And were there any books that really affected you a lot that you really said, wow, this, I love this, what this person's saying? Yes. And uh, well, I think my very, very favorite book is a book of uh, Stephen Nachmanovich, who I had a chance also to interview. Uh, but that book is a very special book, which you understand also by, you know, like after doing improv for couple of years probably uh -huh. um, but 
Yeah, I like the book of uh, Bill Arnett. I like the book of uh, Will Highness. Um, I like uh, storytelling for improvisers of Keith Johnston. Yes. Of course, Viola Spolin book. Um, well, I have probably like, I don't know, 50, 60 books, you know, like on Kindle and, and some other stuff. So I find in every book, like some parts which are really... Yes talking to me you know some some advices some some things which I can really relate to um so um I yeah I find I find in, to in, very interesting to read a lot of books where p things are matching you know from from different teachers I hear different things and then you build your own methodology you think you build your yeah. own knowledge you build your own view on how that works for you right. and what's important in it. Yeah, there's an expression, take the best and leave the rest. And yeah. the things that will work for me may not work for anybody else, I think. And uh, so you're you're doing a podcast, but now I've, I've, you have a lovely website, which we'll post the link to. It's just a beautiful website. So, you, but you started doing a lot of other things. You started doing some corporate work. You started doing uh, mindfulness. So let, let's talk a little bit about how you used improv to branch into these other areas. Well, so... Again, you know, I, I never thought I could do that um, because, you know, I was doing improv as a hobby and then yes. I thought, okay, that's great to be on the stage and improve that and how to make a good scene. And and then something started to click, you know, the more I did, the more things started to click. And I remember like very long time ago, I was on the retreat, which was somewhere abroad and and we talked to different people and one of the guys uh, who I met, uh, he said, you know, all improv for me is about connection. And I was at that point so young in improv. And I was like, what? What does that mean? What do you mean? Like in my head, right? I didn't ask him this question, but I was like, what he means? What's the connection? For me, it was like an artwork, you know, uh, or an art which is like being on the stage, it's acting, it's this and that, but like connection, I couldn't grab that idea. And after years now, um, also working with Jeff made me to really see how being connected is the clue of uh, all improvisation, all lives in a way, you know, it's like, Improv is life, life is improv, and we are who we are, and we connect it with people because we are people. Uh, so I started to just find different tools, useful tools to to imply this in life and to um, other parts of life. And I found, you know, when when we started to do with my with my team some corporate works. I found myself really enjoying working with people and seeing how they change in this two, three hours or four hours of workshop. And that made me feel how, uh, how I can use it in different ways that not only on stage. So that was a big impact, you know, the, all, my own experience of teaching. Right. 
And seeing people who've never done improv before getting that aha kind of a moment where something lights up. And I guess, especially when we're teaching short form games that I can accomplish this, I can do this little problem, but I can solve it. And it's just such an amazing feeling. Somebody once said everybody in the world should take an improv class. And I subscribe to that. So an improv is also very, very mindful. And I, I teach, I combine mindfulness exercises, but all improv is basically mindful because, well, it just is. Let me hear your thoughts on that as well, about improv being mindful. Well, so I, I personally think that until we get to that point and understand, it's not that easy and not obvious for everyone. Because, you know, when you see improv, like these young people, I mean, young and experienced, they go on the stage and then just try to do scenes and maybe try to be funny, you know, just try to do something. They do not really understand what's going on. They they feel stressed and so on. And once you understand that the only thing you need is your partner, you just look into the eyes or even not, but you have to listen with your whole body. That makes you to be in the moment. That makes you to be here and now. So if you understand that, then all stress or anxiety or everything goes away and you're here and now and all the scenes, everything can be much better because of that, of this pure understanding that you are here and now. And that means there is no past and no future, no plan for what we will do in the scene. There's no thinking, oh, I did something wrong. It's like, I'm enjoying this moment. And that that experience, which, you know, it came to me very late in my, you know, improv experience. Um, it came even, I think like, it came, you know, in some moments, but but deeply I understood working with Jeff because the way he works made me think a lot, which I knew that was not the best thing to do. But at some point when I got this idea, okay, I have to put that on the side and just concentrate what is here and now. And this training, permanent training, of, okay, I'm, I'm in my head, uh, let's leave it. Again, I'm in my head. I have to leave it. You know, it made me to work on my on my own and to feel it and to understand it. So, of course, sometimes I still find myself like, oh, I'm maybe uh, searching for something in my brain or you know, not reacting. But but I really uh, understood by the experience, especially the last couple of years, the last two, three years. Well, mentioning Jeff, he's a fantastic teacher. And some classes I, I've had the fortune to take with him, the, he would play some music in the beginning. So we'd kind of be breathing and listening to the music and let the music inspire us somehow. It's um, a wonderful way to start playing and doing scenes, I think, using music in the beginning. And That's- I love music. I, and I love musical improv. Do you do any musical improv? Well, not strictly because I I do not belong to like musical improv group. But of course, if there is a possibility to sing or um, um, make a sing to uh, to song or something like that, I do it. Uh, but yes, music is one of the stimulus and like like everything, like architecture, like my partner, like stage, like uh, every sound which is coming from audience, right? 
Um, so yes, music is very inspiring and uh, yeah, the way Jeff is teaching it, it's really also really inspiring, opening. Yes, yes. What are some other teachers you, you loved? Can you think of a few that we could name drop? I know you've been endorsed by many well-known improvisers uh, on your website, like Joe Bill and Dave Rosowski and others. Um, and you've been working so much with Jeff. You've done a, how many how many shows or tours have you done with Jeff? Because you're traveling around Poland one at one point, right? Yeah. Well, so we started online. We did online, I think, three shows, and then uh, Jeff applied to the Chicago Festi Comedy Festival, which was last year, and we got there. And that so that was our first ever meeting in real life, still during pandemic. Uh, pretty scary <clears throat> to travel there. And our first show was in Annoyance Theater, which was really for me like something like I could never dream of. Right, right. Right. It's like, oh my God, like how I know, I know. Right. Uh, but then, uh, so we applied to other festivals. And then um, at some point, Jeff came to Europe and uh, stayed in Poland. So we did a couple of uh, shows and uh, workshops here. Uh, so we performed in one year as a transcontinental duo. We played with all the you know little gems and, and places where we, when we went was 23 times. Wow. Wow. So it's like every second week in the year, right? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you both learn so much from each other, I'm sure. Uh, well, for sure, I learned from Jeff. That's well, for sure. <laughs> I think every good teacher needs to be learning all the time and, and needs yeah, to take classes. I believe that we always need to be taking classes myself, that it helps us to continue to grow. So, yeah. yeah, he's wonderful. So have you been to the States since you went to the festival or was that the only trip you've made? No, that was the only trip which I did. And um, most probably I will be in October again for Boston uh, and the Vintage Festival. <laughs> oh, wonderful. That's terrific. That's great to hear. That'll be wonderful. And you'll be with Jeff or you'll be teaching on your own or? Jeff is going to teach, I guess. Uh, that's what I know. But we are going to perform as we Pollock. Wonderful. That's terrific. Good for you. So um, let's talk about what you're doing today because improv has just taken over your life, right? I mean, we are yes. and you have a newsletter too, don't you? Well, I have a like I have a the art of yes page, so there's no yes. newsletter itself, but uh, but uh, I created that page very long time ago. For me, it's like already ages because it was 2017, and I made it because I couldn't find sources about improvisation, like you know. Um, podcasts, uh, memes, uh, I don't know, clips. Well, just I just wasn't uh, aware of that or something. And I thought like, oh, it would be nice to uh, create something like that. And so that was what I created, the Art of Yes page, which is a, a page on Facebook and has a, uh, and my post podcast under that name is on YouTube. So that's what I'm doing for, let's say for outside world. <laughs> Great, great. And are you doing it on a regular basis? Like do you publish every week or so or how frequently are you writing? 
Well, every couple of days. And um, at some point, like two, three years ago, I think was during pandemic when I had one of the interviews with Michael Golding. Oh, yes. Uh, I love Michael. Yeah. So he... Uh, I he had and he has so much history um, sources and archives from David Shepard, but on also his own. So uh, I asked him to join, and he's posting as well. So I do not control when he is posting what, but he when he has an impulse or has something to share, there are things he's sharing from his big library of. Uh, archives which includes you know history of David Shepard and Io and Second City and uh, LA Improv and other people so that's really interesting what he's posting to oh that's wonderful is anybody else contributing or just Michael right now uh, for uh, there is uh, Charlie Comley in it but Charlie uh, for the recent last year had very very busy year so he's not really involved in it but uh, but that was original idea to have a couple of people who can uh, join that and make it more rich. Yes, that's a beautiful idea because it's collaborative. And as we know, improv is definitely collaborative. Oh. So coming up to present day, uh, are you performing with a regular troupe? Are you teaching? And where are you teaching? So I used to I used to perform with my group, which is recently not really performing much. Uh, so the biggest pro uh, project I have is We Polak at the moment, <laughs> because first of all, we want to use the time to perform and we really love to play with Jeff uh, together. So that's that's what uh, the focus is. Uh, but also uh, I'm on the way to make Polish duo with a friend of mine who is one of the uh, most experienced improvisers and actress Kasia Michalska uh, in Poland. So we hope that our duo will make, um, uh, yeah, make uh, make something out of it uh, very soon and that we will announce our uh, shows uh, pretty soon. Oh, that's fantastic. I love duo work. It's so beautiful. And I had the fortune to speak with uh, David Pasquisi, one of my favorite uh, TJ and Dave, so awesome. Um, so, and what's your day like today? Now it's later in the day for you right now. It's in the afternoon sometime. Yeah. So, well, um, hmm. I for after a very uh, difficult period of my life recently, the last two years were pretty demanding on many levels. But I created since uh, one year, I was working on my website. So it's now on, it's ozdarska.com. Uh, so it's easy to find by my name. And uh, recently I'm working on a couple of things. So one thing is finishing that page, which uh, now I'm working on the English translation or English version of it. I'm working on, um, I organized improv, I call it improv mini gems. Uh, at my home, I have a very nice studio. So we meet with people who are in Warsaw and just want to improvise. And, you know, if you have a, a jam, which is in town when people come and play games, right? Normally it's like crowd of people, maybe 20, 30, 40, 60 people coming. Everyone wants to jump on the stage. Not everyone can, not everyone always is 
uh, able. And even if you do, you just perform very short time. It's, you have 20 seconds, you know, maybe one minute and that's it. So you really can't practice making scenes, right? So I, um, I had this idea for a long time and it had some additions, but now it's just uh, my own thing. When uh, people just come here, it's just up to only 12 people, not more, because it's I don't want to have it too crowded. And for two hours, we play scenes. We just have a stopper, like, you know, timer for three minutes. And every three minutes is changed. We put the names uh, from hat. Uh, we pull the names from hat and we perform. And um, we learn in that way to have a lot of um, partners, which I think is one of the very important things that even if you play in one group, you you know how everyone plays. And it's you, sometimes you just limit it to just knowing how this five or 10 people playing. But the, the more the more exercise uh, you have, the more partners you have, the more flexible you are and the more you learn. So, you know, if, if people come here, they play maybe five to seven scenes in one evening. It's like a normal show. Like, you know, it's between 15 to 20 minutes of playing, which is yeah, really yeah. intensive. So, so we don't, it's not a workshop. We do not make feedback. It's just like, you know, scene, 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 scene. Um, so that's that's the project I'm doing. And also, yeah, we Polak, we mentioned. And um, so, yeah, so these little things and, and uh, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to develop my own business and teaching uh, corporate uh, uh, workshops uh, where I find this really, really big fun when people open their eyes, their, their eyes, they, they're so happy, you know, afterwards, they last, last time before Easter's, I had a workshop and, um, this was for like really big managers, uh, of big, uh, corporate company. And they were like immediately coming to me after that and giving me such a wonderful feedback, you know, and such a, um great <clears throat> great notes and and excitement in their eyes and and uh, you know and the, the big boss she came to me and said like you know i have to talk to you that was great you should do this or that or how what do you think about team and the, all these things were so rewarding yes i didn't expect that i will be able to do such a great things you know <laughs> It's wonderful. It is so wonderful. And when you talk about the evenings at your house with maybe 12 people, it's like a salon, like uh, Gertrude um, Stein and those people in Paris that had the salons with writers. And you've got this salon of improvisers and just playing and working on scenes. It's, it's magnificent what you've been able to create. I, I really support your work. It's just fabulous. You're touching so many people. And I can't wait till your website has English translations because a lot of it I could not read still. And I like to be able to read everything. <laughs> What, what is great about doing these mini gems is that people coming from really different communities, you know, like you have one or second school and people sometimes just are attached to just one place. But people who are coming to my uh, mini gems, they are from everywhere. So I'm like starting to know 
again, after pandemic and long break with the whole community, which we used to have, I start to get to know people from different places and they get to know each other just from my gems. So they get their own relationships. So that's really, I think, um, beautiful, which is growing out of it, that they exchange, they used to it to exchange, not being close to just one place. Oh, that's my community. I will not go outside or, or I do not talk to other people or I do not perform with other people. You know, it's, it's, it's opposite. And, and, I love that uh, and seeing that they, they get together. And what is great for me that I have my personal training, you know, I see my progress by doing this stuff with people, with new people, because everyone surprises me. Like everyone is different. Everyone has their own ways of uh, approaching the scene or playing and, and, I found out that now I can be confident that I can handle the scene, that I can play the scene, that I have fun to play with this uh, people who very often just are first time doing it. Like, you know, recently my friend who is just my friend from uh, graphic, like from uh, advertising company, he came and said, I want to see how it is. And he played the scene with me and and I was like, okay, I see how it is to play like with the very first timer, you know, like with the very first experience for him and makes me confident not to be, uh, you know, to to lose something, to have fun, to make him be being happy with the scene, you know? So it's win-win. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Well, you're marvelous and you're beautiful person and a beautiful spirit. And I'm so grateful again that you had the time to talk with me today. And I will be putting all the links in to have people be able to find you and get in touch with you. And I I just wish you the greatest success. You're bringing joy into the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That's a pleasure to be and honor to be in this podcast, Margot. And I'm, I'm really enjoying to talk to you. And uh, well, playing with you and having this wonderful one hour to to talk. (laughs) Absolutely. So again, thank you so much. Have a great afternoon, a great year. And We Pollocks is going to be internationally traveling, I'm sure. (laughs) It's a great team. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on Improv Interviews with Margot Escott.